Life Engineering. Processes that combine science, wisdom, and spirituality to build a life of alignment. Joining Dr. Pat is your host, Gabriella Embon, bringing you bi-weekly wisdom nuggets, your step-by-step guidance to build a life of no regrets. Stay tuned as they uncover powerful processes for you to realize your true potential. Are you ready for some magic wisdom? Life Engineering starts now. Hey everybody, welcome. I want to I want to just welcome you to this very special edition with Gabriella Embon. And the reason that I want to introduce you to Life Engineering with Gabriella is because we have been doing a series and the series we've been doing takes what most people would look at as real complex things in life. And Gabriella takes them and breaks them down into into pieces that you can apply immediately. This is why I love doing this. Now, a lot of times what you don't expect is you don't expect us to do a show like this that has to do with joy. But I want to tell you, living with joy, practical steps to create a joyful life. This is the key because if you can't tap into this, you can't understand the importance of how to life engineer this Think about what your day is like. Now, I want you to imagine that you can. Imagine that you can. Because Gabriella, right? After the show, they will. Absolutely. Listen, our our soul is a party animal. (laughs) So it has that capacity for so much joy, right? It's just up to us to open and increase that capacity uh, and remove the blocks to experience more joy as we move forward in life so what this is what this show is all about and is inspired by um, a healing session that I did on myself recently on this topic I felt that I had outgrown the state of joy that I was at and I was ready to increase my capacity to feel more joy a whole different level of joy and that's what I love about this work that It's not a one-time thing, right? We're always reaching to the next level because, yeah, our soul is is capable of so much more. So that's what uh, today we're going to be exploring. And it's actually a continuity from uh, the previous episode, episode 14, in which we talk about living authentically. Um, So, yes, we're going to have a blast. Yeah, we Um, are. The reason I love that you're doing this is because um, we we grow up sometimes thinking that joy is conditional. And what I mean by that, you're going to really help us. Joy is conditional, meaning, oh, Gabriella, you know what? I'm just going to show up here. Like, I'm going to experience a joyful show today, but only if dot, 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 dot happens, right? That's right. So you're going to help us create unconditional joy. That's right. That's right. Let's it. do it. You said it so beautiful. It's unconditional because let's be honest. When you think about the word joy, right? What are some synonyms that you would apply? You would use to describe joy. Usually, is what? What is it for? It's happiness. happy. Happy. Happy is like number one, right? Right. Happy. Uh, fun. When I am having fun, I am experiencing joy, feeling accelerated, right? So, but then when you go, okay. Uh, I can't feel like that all the time, <laughs> not unconditionally, right? So I was doing this session on myself and I was I was channeling the information and I asked, tell me what is joy? Because if it's happiness, if it's fun, then come on, I can't always feel that, right? I don't always feel that way. 
So does it mean that I'm not always in a state of joy? Uh, And then when I ask, give me the definition of joy, which I will share. I wasn't given the definition right away. I was shown a memory. So what the the creator's voice said, you know what? Let me show you a memory. And it took me back. I'm making the calculation now um, 17 years ago. Uh, that when uh, I actually was about to have a minor surgery, I was about to have a DNC or an an abortion for a pregnancy that wasn't going well. I wanted to have a second child and I was three months pregnant and it, it wasn't developing. And the doctor said, we have to put you to sleep and we have to clean this. Now you can imagine, I, even now I'm, I'm sharing that I can feel my heart. You can imagine the emotions around that. This also was after a miscarriage I had previously. And I started questioning, not only the grief, started questioning, will I ever have a second child? And I'm blessed with three beautiful ones. I, I, I'm not saying children anymore because the oldest is 22. So <laughs> I'm blessed with three. So, you know, a normal person, would think that this is a reason to be sad and will want to grieve. And and there was grieving, I'm not saying, but then there was a lot of fear too. It was a lot of fear, believe it or not, around the hospital setting because I had never been hospitalized before just to give birth to my first child. And I, I never went as an adult through a surgery. So the whole setting was very scary for me. So I was petrified and I remember lying down in the bed of the hospital and I clearly showed that I was very, very nervous. And then I had an experience, the anesthesiologist. I wish I would know his name. All I remember is that he was an Asian doctor. The anesthesiologist saw that I was very nervous. And before he put the IV, he took his hand and he started Um, you know, calming me down and doing like this on my arm. And he said to me, think about happy things, anything that makes you happy and everything is going to be over very soon. I remember the feeling of really calming down. I went, I started thinking about my daughter and then I, of course I was out. And then when I woke up, I actually experienced the most blissful state. And I felt that the stuff that was taking care of me were like angels. Now you might say, okay, this is the effect of the anesthesia, but I can guarantee you it wasn't because I recall every moment, every image, every word that was said to me and the faces of the nurses. What ended up happening after that experience is that instead of saying, this is something I want to put in my past, I don't want to remember. I was trying to hold into that experience because it was so blissful and so joyful at the moment I felt pure bliss. When a normal person, we say, are you crazy? So what the creator showed me when showed me that I'm like, what is that? Why are you showing me this memory? And the answer was very clear. I'm getting red from emotion. Joy is the ability to stay whole and connected despite life hurdles and challenges. It's the ability to stay whole and connected 
despite life hurdles and challenges. And it's attained through connection. It's the pure experience. The Christ says joy is the pure experience of connection and is the opposite of drama, which creates disconnection. Yeah. When I received those beautiful words, they're not mine, they were channeled, I was joyful. I was floored. And I I say, okay, connection, what do you mean connection? And the career says connection with yourself, first and foremost, connection with divine, connection with other people, the people around you, the experience, connection with the experience at the moment. And when you are in that connection with the experience at the moment, you are in zero drama. No matter what the situation is, and you will experience that blissful joy. I am so excited about you bringing this up. I want to tell you why. There's a couple of things I thought about as I got ready to do this show with you. You did a beautiful job describing something that is indescribable because I too had a hospital experience and you did a beautiful job of walking us through that. And I don't know how you did it without getting all teared up, but you're talking about a power that the divine has given us as human beings to switch uh, on a dime from despair to joy. Now, I'm not saying all of us know how to do it. And trust me, I have been depressed a lot. My mom was so depressed, she committed suicide. So I understand that. I'm just saying to the people that are going to get ready to email me, but I want you to talk about why this is so powerful. Because I work with young people kids, the connection they have with the divine. This morning, I had a little dog here. The alarm went off and the fire alarm went off in the house. The dog was panicked. And you could see me pick up this little white ball of fur just and hold it and feel compassion and take it to a place to help it experience that flip of a switch joy. Aren't we capable of so much, Gabriella? Isn't this it? But we just don't know how to create it, how to flip it on, how to live with it, and how to help other people. Tell us about that. We are capable. It requires a little bit of cleaning because when there's joy, it's the opposite of drama, right? And we carry a lot of drama. And joy brings connection or is what we experience when we are connected while drama creates this connection. So there's a little bit of work to be done there, a little bit. Let's just call it that way. But we are capable. We might not be wired, and we're going to talk about that for a moment. But, you know, I just want to say, even if we don't have time to cover everything, I want to mention how important it is to teach our children spirituality, whether it's religion or spirituality, to believe in something. Because when... First of all, when children are young, they usually turn to their parents for help. That's right. But we are not going to always be there. Nope. And at a certain age, they don't turn to the parents anymore. They kind of become the parents of the parents, you know, things flip. So what are they going to do when they are adults and they cannot say, mom, dad, what should I do? Can you help me? Who are they going to turn to for a higher perspective? 
And that's how important it is to teach our children spirituality because that faith, in a way, when an, when a person grows to be an adult, we need that. As children, we have our parents. Ch- young kids see their parents as gods. But then if we teach them that connection to divine, then they will have that for life, whether we're there or not. We're not always there physically or, or, or for whatever reason. They will always have that sense of connection and going to someone for for advice, for connection, for, mm-hmm. for faith. So that's one reason. The other reason is because when we teach children spirituality, we are teaching them to connect. It's part of the connection with themselves and connection with divine, which helps them lead a life of joy. And when we um, when we demonstrate to our children how to stay whole despite the challenges, for me, that's the biggest gift that we can offer our yeah. children. Yeah. Talking about children. Yeah. It, there's nothing quite like it, is there? I mean, you could see the expression, right? You you could see it, that connection. And that's why I said to you, this is very difficult to describe and you're doing a beautiful job of it, but it's so deep inside of us. Joy is so deep inside of us. We're, we're born with it. And it's so deep inside of it. All of all it needs is to spark it up a little bit every once in a while, right? That's right. And connection is everything. Listen, I, I was talking with my daughter who last week came back from a cruise in the Mediterranean. She did the different Greek islands and she was super happy. And, you know, she's a bubble of energy. So she was sharing the experience. But I, I, I pondered on her shares with us. And I realized that besides, yes, she she, did, she visited like four or five different islands, but she didn't focus so much on the places she saw, except when she was in Athens, that she was fascinated. But she didn't focus so much on the places. She focused on the connections she made and the people she met yeah. and the human experience. Yeah. Oh, you won't believe what happened. And then it was always about a connection with another person. Um, so it is in us, is what takes that joy out of us is the connection with ourselves, with divine, with other people, with the experience. So let's talk about how do we live? How do we start increasing our capacity? And and this is what we're aiming. We're aiming to increase it. We're not aiming to go from zero to a hundred, right? We're aiming to make a little bit more, even if it's one increment, 1% increment, that's fine, right? So the question is, are we truly wired to live joyfully? And the answer is probably no. Our ancestors were more in a survival mode than in a thriving mode. Humanity was in a survival mode. Um, You know, when I was doing the session on myself, I cleared a lot of programs of being persecuted and and safe. So we have a lot, we have learned from past generations, a lot of resilience, a lot of drive, a lot of strength, a lot of grit. But for me personally, the, the ability to feel the capacity for joy was missing because when we are in survival, what mostly runs our lives are coping mechanisms. Okay. And coping mechanisms by definition, disconnect us from our true self to avoid pain mm-hmm. and stay alive. Yeah. And, and if we, again, if we talk about joy being connections, all these big mechanisms part will disconnect us from ourselves. So that there's joy, there's no drama and vice versa. Yeah. yeah. So we we can look at four different steps 
to create, to increase the capacity of joy in our lives. And the first one is always, always, no matter what we're working on is the awareness, right? The awareness that we are not truly living joyfully as much as we would like, despite having the conditions, as we say, it's conditional, and the desire, the desire to experience more joy. So that's the first step, of course. The second step is healing, right? We, In order for our survival self to calm down, and allow for connection, to let go of these coping mechanisms, we have to do our healing. I believe every person needs healing. I'm not talking about uh, psychology treatment. I'm talking about healing, okay? Um, not curing anybody, but healing. Every healthy person has to go through healing. And we're talking about healing our childhood wounds. We're talking about healing our ancestral line because most of the programs of persecution and survival are from previous generations that God passed on in our through our DNA. Yeah. Um, and when we create, when we do that healing, whether you have the tools to do it yourself or you seek help, right? We are increasing our capacity to trust too, and trust opens up for connection. Right? It's hard to connect with others if I don't trust. And I know I owe you a, a, an episode on trust. I have. Don't worry, that. that's all right. We're going to get to it because I'm glad we're doing this one first. Yeah, I this one I, I was about it. to do first. Yeah. I thought yeah. that the next one can be trust. Yes. Yeah, I totally right. I mean, look, you said it before. Let's go through this. I want to make sure everybody hears what we're talking about here today, because you're right about it. You need to be aware of it, and you know, a child is aware right out of the gate of whether or not they're hungry, whether or not they're annoyed. I mean, I was born into this world with an active addict and alcoholic mother. And if you don't think that my first arrival into this world, crying for four years, right? Surviving, but nobody understood that. So let's go through these because these are so important. And and there's another episode that we'll, we'll hopefully do on the many faces of healing because I think healing is so misunderstood, Gabriella. I think it is so misunderstood. But keep going. I want to get all yeah, this in we here. Will. I love you're giving me ideas for future uh, episodes, but trust is probably the next one. Yes, ma'am. I get inspired with something, but I don't think so. Um, <laughs> so, so we talk about awareness. We talk about healing. And then, of course, is living authentically, which is what we discussed in the previous episode. Um how do we want to serve? What are we here for? What's the imprint that we want to live in this world? And then creating all of that. If the first three steps are more uh, at the mind level and the emotional level and the, you know, the clarity and the healing, the force is, okay, let, let's create that life of authenticity. Let's thrive. Let's aim for thriving. No more surviving. And, and it takes a decision. Just do it. You know, <laughs> Really, it's just decide that you're going to do that. Take the step and just start. And when you start, the magic happens. And these are the four steps. Awareness, healing, find your authentic self and go and create a life of authenticity. The vision of what you want, as well as the way you are um, creating it, the path, the journey itself. Yeah, I want to get back to something you said, because I want to just say to everybody, we did a whole show on authentic self, but I want to go back to something, Gabrielle, you said at the beginning. We're not saying that there may, so, okay. We're not saying that these steps, you just go through them. I will guarantee you, if you did anything like the journey I took, or maybe even what Gabriella 
talked about when I started on a different level of a spiritual journey, every aspect of these four, awareness, healing, find your authentic self and create a life. Every one of these brought something up. Something came up. I don't know what's called. Something came up that needed to be gone in my life. So we're not saying, we're saying that you've got to be aware and do the work that's needed to let go of those things that are going to keep you away from joy, right? That's right. And it's, it's, I don't want to say it's a never ending, but it truly is. It is never ending. Except (laughs) that as we are higher in the journey, it's not as harsh. It's not as as hard. It's it's easier, right? The the further we get, the easier it becomes. Uh, We even start enjoying that as well, because we know so much growth comes when we do these healings and we're increasing our capacity. So it's, it's, it's the process of life. But for me, and you probably heard me say, this is what makes life uh, worth living, right? It's a life of no regret. It's not about it's not about the results. It's about how I approach my life and what I dare doing and 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 doing the work. This is all of that is the work. And learning to be motivated with joy because because our we come from paradigms of surviving and drama and and, and disconnection, right? As we're doing this healing, we have to teach our brain new ways of being motivated because all that pain and drama and and coping mechanisms they have motivated yeah. us to succeed to build a good life so we don't repeat right we don't repeat the stories that past generations went through but the question is okay that was needed that's great can we graduate we don't keep using the same tools we use when grade one two and three you don't use the calculator you learn how to do your math manually as you're moving towards high school, can you start using a calculator so you can build bigger things and do bigger things? So here is as well, okay, I learned all of that. Can I now learn how to be motivated with joy, mm-hmm. with authenticity, with fulfillment, and give myself permission, not only to live this way, but to live without, yeah. without the pain, the drama, the constant worry, the fear, and with joy. Yeah. See, what you talked about, and this is what I love, is you're talking about the building blocks, if I could call them, the building blocks of joyful living. Meaning, you know, Gloria Steinem said to me once, we stand on the shoulders of all that have come before. We stand yeah. on the shoulders of all that have come before that have influenced who we are today, our lives, our family, our in- ancestry, you know, multi-generations. Some people go have multi-past lives. Whatever that is, they are here to serve us and help us. But if we keep our eye on joy as the goal, I think you said it. This is what motivates us. I don't know about you, but my first experience of letting go of something big, the sense of freedom from that was amazing, right? That's really what we're talking. See, living a joyful life, isn't that a pathway to freedom? Absolutely. Because it means you have let go of the obligations, the hooks, the stories that keep running your life, and you're allowing your higher self to guide you through your life, which is actually what freedom is all about, is to be in, we think, oh, I'm free to choose what I want. Well, if your coping mechanisms I'm choosing for you, then you're not really free. No. Right? This is your survival self running, and the part that you that is solving problems, your undercurrent of the subconscious mind running the life for you without you knowing that's not really freedom. No. Absolutely. 
It's not. And some people look at flight and fright and uh, flight and fright is true. Flight, right, and fight. And somebody asked me the other day, I said, they're, they're not outcomes you want. You you don't want fight or flight. You want the neutral zone. You you don't, you, those, I, I said to somebody the other day, there's not joy in either one of them. <laughs> there, so, there's no joy in overcorrections. I'm never joy. Right. That, that lack of alignment. Joy comes when we are truly congruent to ourselves and that requires connection. And it, the joy gets reinvented through the course of our lives because we keep working yes, on ourselves. So uh, the connection with ourselves gets deeper and deeper as we evolve. So does our capacity to experience joy. So we're always reinventing ourselves and therefore we're always connecting. The more we connect with ourselves, the easier it is to connect with others. Yeah. And that's what comes to my mind is when people say, how can I be married? I'm going to be 25 years married in September. Congratulations. My next podcast, I'll be. <laughs> Thank you. So how can you be married for so many years and still find your partner interesting, attractive, uh, you know, surprising? Well, if we get reinvented, reinventing ourselves all the time, we're changing. Yeah. So we're and never the same. We're never the same. I want to just take a minute because, you know, in the coaching academy, these are the things you teach. This is part of what you do. I, I want to make sure we mention to people, even though we're you and I do these great shows, these are principles, these are capacities, these are teaching that you embody and help people with in your coaching programs. Can you talk to that for a minute and let people know how they can find out more? Yes, we're actually starting a, a group on September 14, cohort 18. That's a beautiful number. Uh, we even have upgraded our manual. There are 50 extra pages in the coaching manual. We have such a complete from A to Z program, not only teach you how to coach, but also teach you how to start your business. And then we offer our community continuous education for free. So it's really the full experience. Uh, so if connecting with yourself leads you to help others and build you know, a, a practice uh, in the coaching um, industry, we have a wonderful program. Yeah. Go to coachingacademy.net, fill up the contact form, we'll contact you, we'll give you more information, and then you know if this is the right yeah. path for you. Absolutely. Yeah. And the reason I wanted to bring it up is because if anybody has been listening to all the shows we've been doing, what they get a sense of how different this is that what you created, how how very different and complete and whole your coaching program is because it is conversations like the one we've had today, things that help people understand themselves that a lot of times we don't get from programs. I know I bought a lot of them, but this is part of creating the best person we could be, right? That's right. And you said the word whole. And what I believe is the reason that it is so complete and whole is because it doesn't exclude anything. And what I mean by that, it doesn't mean, okay, we're only going to do the spiritual part but we're going to be less practical and less into how do you build a coaching practice. And it doesn't only focus on the practical side of coaching and leaves the spiritual aside. We have a program that combines is that synergy between all the parts of us, the body that takes action, the mind that thinks and the spiritual self. We have a program that combines our wholeness into not only how to learn coaching, but also how to coach other people. And that's what makes this program uh, so transformational, truly. I love it. What's your personal message? Gabriella, thank you so much. What do you want to leave us with today? Um, I would like to live with, and, and, and we already mentioned it, but I would like to say that again, because I'm in love with that sentence. 
that joy is the ability to stay whole and connected despite despite life hurdles and challenges. And that's what makes it unconditional. And we all can do that, no matter what's going on in our lives. Thank you so much. Thank you. Joy is so fully expressed. I'm so glad we talked about it. And for those of you thinking, when are we going to talk about trust? I'm going to leave that up to Gabriella. Thank you so much for everything. Thank you. Uh, All of you out there, I just want to say to you, I know these have been tough years. I know they have. But I want to tell you, you can find joy. I call them joy spots. You can find those moments in your day. Even if you haven't had one in a long time, find one, a blade of grass, a dragonfly, something that puts a little smile in your heart. Start anywhere. Thank you for tuning us in and turning us on. You have been listening to Life Engineering, processes that combine science, wisdom, and spirituality to create a life of alignment on TransformationTalkRadio.com. Join host Gabriella Embon and Dr. Pat every first and third Tuesday at 11 a.m. Pacific for bi-weekly wisdom nuggets on how to create your perfect synergy between your mind, body, and spirit in order to realize your true potential. For more information, visit Gabriella at coachingacademy.net. Are you affected by addiction and struggling to find hope? You don't have to feel this way anymore. Welcome to the peace we crave. Find your freedom in addiction recovery with me, your host, Tanya Day. There is hope. As a spiritual life recovery coach, I use a unique holistic approach of meditation, Reiki energy and sound healing, and spiritual life transformation to help you find peace and serenity. If you are sick and tired of feeling sick and tired and have had enough, I get it. I've been there and I can provide a listening and sympathetic ear. Creating calm in your recovery is possible. If you're ready for help and hope towards your freedom in recovery, join into the Peace We Crave show with me as I help you find your freedom in addiction recovery. It all starts now. Hey, everybody. Welcome. I'm Dr. Pat, and I get to take this journey with Tanya D. The Peace We Crave. Let me tell you, find your freedom in addiction recovery. Yes, that is a truth. That is a real thing. Uh, Tanya, the topic today, uh, and I just want to tell everybody, if you want to find out more, please plug into this because this show is about community. And this is a woman that has set up a community and set it up in a way that it doesn't matter where you are on your pathway. It doesn't matter what day you have, how many months, how many years. This is where you get to plug in the peace we crave.com, Facebook, the peace we crave, Instagram, the peace we crave. Twitter, the peace we crave. I'm just trying to tell you that this is not just a conversation. This is a passion and a purpose. I, I want to start out community and sobriety. Uh, I can talk to you about this now, but I'll tell you when I walked through the doors, when I opened the, my mind to change, I didn't even understand that there was a an option for a community. But this is an important topic. Can you talk to how this is one of the most needed? and most misunderstood. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Yeah, I'm I'm really, really glad that we're talking about this today. I remember a time in my life where I had no community. I had no people. I had no support. Um, I just was in my addiction and I was doing my thing. Um, The moment I decided that I wanted to put that down and not 
participate in that anymore. I needed to find like-minded people to help me. And I did, at first I didn't know what to do, had no clue. We have this beautiful tool that's actually really great for this called the internet. <laughs> and I actually, I know the internet actually came through <laughs> and did something really amazing for me um, because I came in at a time where there, there, what you could Google, how do I stop drinking? How do I stop using? How, what do I do? And all these beautiful, amazing resources pop up. Yeah. And I mean, you know, I know Dr. Pat, for you, you've been in recovery for a while. So I remember there was probably a time when phone books were involved and things like that. <laughs> so, really you true. know, yeah, <laughs> but the, and phones are still great. They're not horrible. Right. But we have these, this beautiful tool, this internet, and it, it really helped. It changed my life because I easily was able to Google, how do I stop drinking? And all these amazing groups popped up right? 12-step groups, um, all recovery meetings, all kinds of different things popped up. And I had all these resources at my fingertips. It was freaking amazing. Yeah. It is amazing to talk about now. Can I just say this again? I've said it on every show, but I need to say it again. People ask me, what do you think the great, is there any benefit to COVID? Do you really see any upside to it? I said, oh my God, let me tell you what it is. Unprecedentedly, uh, unprecedentedly whatever it is if covid did not happen we would never have brought the addiction community online it wouldn't have happened i have been at too many conferences pounding the table please we have to go online and i will tell you covid forced that to happen blessing and a curse i'm not saying covid was great but don't you agree the outfall of that, beyond people like you that were doing it anyway, this really opened up the door, don't you think? Yeah, I absolutely agree. I know uh, for me personally, my meeting, we jumped right online. Um, we were doing whatever we could in order to reach the Mexican suffering person. And we still actually run our online meeting. We never stopped. Yep. And it's to me, it's so great to know that I could jump on at any time, not just that meeting, but all the kinds of meetings, all their kinds of groups. There's so much support on the internet, believe it or not, in a really good way. I mean, you know, social media platforms, there's so many Facebook groups I'm a part of, uh, things like that. Um, also, you know, I, I mean, I teach a class on Zoom every week, a meditation class that people can come to and find community. And we have a lovely group that comes and uh, it's a 530 Eastern Standard Time if you're ever interested. Um, and, you know, just things like that. Just it it just it was just such it, w- it was such a blessing. I've yeah. met people all over the world. I've gone to meetings with people all over the world. Um, I've had I have amazing, amazing network. I never thought I would have had. And yeah, it, it as much as it was not good for, I feel like for a lot of people who were in sobriety or were trying to find it also, the, the resources were just, they were, you, you could not find them. Yeah. And I think the other thing I want you to talk to is the power of this and the power of being in groups. You know, one of the things that I had to face with as part of that community, but also owning a network is I, I am a Marty man follower. I if you don't know who Marty Mann is, you need to Google her because when you do, you will really find out why Alcoholics Anonymous was successful because her form was, I'm going to get on television shows and I'm going to tell the world about this. I'm going to tell the world that I am an alcoholic and I'm going to tell the world that this is not a stigma or secret. So, you know, owning a network, it was a little bit of a 
what do I want to say? It was, I had to be bold because it did take me a little bit to come on air and talk about it because we're supposed to keep things a secret. Secrets don't work. Community helps you shed the secrets of our past, don't they? Yeah. I, I People have told me you're only as sick as your secrets. Right. Yeah. So if I'm not, if I'm not sharing in a group, if I'm not around like-minded people, um, also I, you know, I know a lot of people who during COVID, unfortunately there was a lot of relapse there. We lost a lot of people as well, yep, um, we but did. a lot of people were stuck in their homes with people who were using. And that was a whole nother, you know, issue that I, that came up with people that I knew where I was on the phone quite a bit with people about that. Cause it was really, really difficult. Oh, me too. When, yeah, right. When there's there's alcohol being delivered to your house or the words, you know, the dealer's knocking on the door. They don't care. You know, they're, they want to get they want to do what they're doing. So, yeah, it was it was a blessing in the recovery community, but also, you know, for people who, um, yeah. you know, were dealing with with the, the you know, with family members and, and other things like that. Um, the relapse was just it was. It's through the roof. Yeah. It's through the roof. And that's why Jessica, who is producing this, myself and Linda decided the second channel that we're launching and we're starting to prepare for it is our addiction channel. Um, You and I don't have time in this show to really go over the details, but someday we'll do a show in the near future and we'll go over why this is important. By the way, online sales of alcohol, I think they reached, somebody told me, 850% increase. So let's talk about community because even in the middle of all of that, you reached out, you kept people going. But can we talk about how important the sense of connection is? Because a lot of people listening to this may not be addicts, they may not be alcoholics, but they may have a loved one. Isolation in addiction is horrible. Isolation in recovery is equally, if not more horrible, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I have a group of people. I'm I'm on text chat with people. I'm on email lists with people. I'm Facebook groups with people. You know, I'm constantly in surrounded. I've constantly surrounded myself with people who are in recovery. And I do that for a number of reasons. One, because, you know, I don't want to be around people that are drinking or using drugs. That's not good for me because I don't want to relapse. Um, and then it also, we also are able to help each other. Yeah. Right. Things come up. Problems come up. You're like, how do I do this in sobriety? I don't know. Or even, hey, I have a, a lot of years in sobriety. I don't recall how I did this before. <laughs> you know, <laughs> things I did when I was new, I'm like, they're coming up again now. And I'm like, oh, I don't what did, I don't know what I did. And people remind me. People help me. People are there to share their experience with stuff, too, even if I'm not going through the thing. You know, I, I there's two women who I love. God, God bless them. Maybe over 40 years, 80 years combined. Right. And they both lost their husbands around the same time. And I'm looking at them and I'm like, oh my gosh, they didn't pick up anything. They stayed sober. How did they do that? Because that could potentially be me one day, right? So I'm looking at these other people and I'm learning how I can navigate my life when those things come up and seeing what they did and drawing on that experience. It is so important. I want to talk about this other thing to you because we are talking a lot about like-minded. I don't want to confuse people listening to this. Whenever I say like-minded people, we get into this conversation about brainwashing. No, here's what we mean by like-minded people. We have a singularity of purpose not to drink and not to use. That's what we mean. We don't mean like, oh my God, don't look for a mini me of me. Please don't be looking for that. We're talking about people that have a common purpose. So that is the greatest misconception we have. We're looking for people that have a desire. And let me ask you this about this. Peer pressure, all time high. 
peer pressure in schools, all time high. We are all struggling for with the same thing. Isn't that part of your mega message out there? We're all struggling. Same thing. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, there, there's so there's so much out there. I mean, these kids, I don't I don't understand how some of them even get through the day. It's, yeah. It boggles my mind. I, like I said, the Internet's great, but there's a lot of things going on there as well that aren't good especially for the young people. Um, so yeah, having a, a group of people around you that are interested in doing sober activities, interested in doing, you know, having sober dances or going bowling or what else do we do? My gosh, yoga or meditation classes, like, you know, retreats, all this kind of things you don't have to do. You don't have to use or drink at these events. You oh can, my God. Don't even fun. talk about dancing, dancing. Okay. So, so let's have a moment. We're not going to, we're not going to digress, but we are going to tie this in. Part of what I found when I moved to the greater Seattle area, God was looking out for me in two ways. One, move me to Seattle. The next thing, across the street from the Alano Club, I could touch the door. And I moved into this place on Capitol Hill, and I didn't know it, but I was out on my balcony with my dog one day. And I'm looking like literally 20 feet away from me. And I saw these people and I said, you've got to be, I'm not going to say it, bleeping kidding me. And that was such a strong community for me because I didn't have that on the East Coast. But I want to talk with you about this because I wasn't going to look for it. How do we help people look? I, I'm Chances are I would have, but I think God knows me, spirit knows me way enough to know, shove it in her face, right? But how do we help people, right? You're laughing because you know it's true. You know, but how do how do we help people know this is how you could go look? Tell folks that may or may not be in 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 this community how the how many different venues are there of different types of groups and people they can plug into and please help them find a way to get there. Yeah, so um like, you know, what you just said, you, you looked out your window and they were right there. I mean, that that's amazing. Um but, you know, just there's there's like I said, there's still a bunch of online groups. There's still so many things you can Google and find. There's, you know, Facebook and gosh, all the all the social media platforms yeah. have something going on. Um, there's yeah. in person stuff. There's there's so many there's so many different groups that you can find, you know, just like I did. Just go on the internet, just start looking. Yeah. Just start looking. And and right now there are so many that are diverse uh, in nature. May I say a few? So if you're out there You've heard the term sponsor throw around. Please call Tanya. Please go and ask her. She'll help you talk and understand what that means and get plugged in. But there are also groups online. The other thing we want to say is there are so many diverse groups. May, may we mention a few? Uh, for example, if you're a Christian faith, there are now Christian groups. Yeah. Uh, if you're a part of the LGBTQAI community, boom, please know that there are groups for you. There are so many groups for people of color. You know, it's not that we're separating. It's just that the issues and the things that you may want to talk about reference your lifestyle and your values more. Isn't that one of the major breakthroughs um, that we have breakthroughs we have now? Because the internet allows us more choices. Yes or no? Yes, absolutely. There's a there's a Buddhist group that I love to go to, and I only found it because of COVID. I never would have found it otherwise because they're up in northern New Jersey. They're really far from me. So I was able to connect with them because um, my love of meditation and I, I found people who in, in recovery who also love meditation and find it very important. It's something that's helped them. So, I, yeah, I mean, I 
as I've gone along in my journey, maybe my groups have changed a little bit. Um, I tend to, to tend to go to more women's functions because that's just what I like to do. There's something called She Recovers. Yes. Really, <laughs> really, really love that organization. Oh my gosh, they are. I love the gatherings. There's so many diverse people in that little Zoom room. It is just, it's remarkable the things I hear. I've, I feel like I've gotten more help recently from them with really specific things. Then maybe I I would have gotten if I went to a different twelve step meeting or something like that. But there's yeah. many things I get from my twelve step meeting that I don't get anywhere else. So yeah. I really have to for me I have to figure out what I really am needing and then looking for the resource. The biggest thing is just I got to look for the resource. I can't get like in what you said in that isolation. That's yeah. very dangerous to me whether I'm using or not. Super dangerous. And I got to tell you when I'm slipping into it. Thank God for my best friend who's known me. But when I slip into it, I I have to have somebody call me out because it's so seductive and it's so familiar. See, it's the familiarity is to when we're using that isolation, right? Right. Can you, you know what I'm saying here about it? So we kind of slip into it a little bit and we don't know we're into it. It's like the frog. You put the frog in cold water, turn up the water slowly. Oopsie. Right. But this is why you have to reach out now. And all of the groups that you've created do that. Um, I want to, I want to ask you a question about this one other thing. My message has always been, and you're going to hear when I do my own addiction show on the channel, my message is we get a lot of messages. I'll give you one. I'll never forget the time I was told, I cannot sponsor you. You're on antidepressants. Okay. All right. What I'm trying to say is there are conversations you can have. Please don't be turned away by people. Other things you may hear is, really, you're not going to claim that drug date, your birthday date, because you still drink. I'm just saying to you, look, nobody knows my drug history better than myself. When you put down a needle in 1972, uh, trust me, nobody's going to tell me that that's not a major thing. So part of the community connection is help weed out misinformation, right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. If I'm sitting in my house alone, I'm not getting all that information. I'm not hearing all those things. And um, yeah, I have to rely on you. You mentioned the sponsor before. That's some that's a person I particularly rely on. Um, mm. I have a, I also like I said, I'm in these group chats. I have these network of friends that I'm talking to and we're always talking recovery. Even if I'm on a hike with my my other friend, we go on hikes a lot. That's we love to do that. We're always talking recovery. It's it's just it's always it's in my lexicon all the time. So it's in the forefront of my mind because if I because I don't know about you, but if I don't keep it in the forefront of my mind it's going to go out the window and I'm going to be seeing a, a commercial on TV or I'm going to see a billboard and go, Oh, that looks cool. Let's try that. Look, let's talk about the funny side of this. I know we only have, but we may have a short period of time. I, I loved being part of the community and still do the story. I, I sound this, I say this now because now I'm the one telling these stories, right? But when, right. When you walk in, to some of these rooms and you it, or some of these online to, and you hear somebody that's got a few years, you're like, what the bleep are you talking about? Right. You did you really experience that? You see, these are the things we don't talk about enough. Right. And funny is beyond words. Now, if you're me, you can look back at 33 years and laugh a little bit at yourself. But if you're me, 30, well, 34 years ago, I had to do a little restart because of the straw cold strawberry soup in the village that had vodka in it and i knew it did but that's another show but here we are 
this is the other side of what we're talking about. We could be inspired here in this community. Oh yeah, I mean, I mean, my journey in and of itself, right? I I didn't I didn't come into recovery liking meditation and and teaching Reiki and doing all these things that I did, right? I wasn't doing I wasn't coaching people. I wasn't doing any of this stuff. It was all the people in the room that I saw and the people on the Zooms and the online and all the all, you know, I recover yoga and all kinds of stuff like that they were doing all these things and I was like, "Oh man, maybe I could do that. That seems cool." And sh- and giving me all these really also very funny stories along the way. I mean, my yoga teacher has so many funny stories. It's like, it's just great. And, um, and yeah, and it's just, I, I just, I don't hear that stuff if I'm not in the group, if I'm not in the community, I'm again, I'm not, if I'm isolating, I'm not hearing those things. And, you know, I think that one of the shows that you and I will do, we can talk about some of those stories. I think it would be a great show to do to say uh, community to the third, because these are the kinds of things we hear about, right? Oh, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, for sure. Um, the the um, the one particular story that I always um, hear is somebody in my group uh, says that he couldn't find a higher power, right? He couldn't find spirituality. He was like, where do I find it? I don't know. Like, I don't get it. And he, so he would sit in the room and he would listen to the person who was the most spiritual. I'm going to, so I'm going to, so he he found this one lady. So he goes up to the lady and he goes, Hey, can you give me some of this spirituality that you have? She goes, Oh honey, no. He goes, she goes, no, I can't do that. You got to find it yourself. And he's like, what, how do I do that? And she's like, do you have a sponsor? Are you doing the steps? Let's just go through this again. Would you please tell people all the different places? Where do I find community? First of all, they can start with you, right? Yes, absolutely. Yep. Um, yeah, I have, I have, like I said, my weekly group that I do. Um, we, I have a whole bunch of online events that I do in-person events, all kinds of things that we're, we're a part of. Yeah. Um, outside of this, you can go online. First of all, let's just be very clear. You've got to get into a place that matches where you're in the program. If you're like day one and you need to go to detox, you need to go to a certain center for that. Okay. Again, a lot of online. Also talk talk to Tanya. You'll find places to go. The other thing is shop. May I say shop around? Shop around. And what I mean by that is I'm on the East Coast now. So I am really thinking about going to that Buddhist meeting for sure. But I'm in New Jersey now. And so you have to walk around and see what fits, right? Find a group. Man, you can connect me. Don't be afraid to ask somebody to be your sponsor. What's the answer? Yes or no? Well, you could get another answer. But the point is, it's that simple and you keep doing it. If you need help, you call Tanya. You find out, how do I do this? What do I look for? But there are other places, treatment facilities, sober act- sober activity groups, the funnest. Yeah. Sober dancing. Yes. Oh, crazy. I've never had so much fun in my life. (laughs) It was very scary at first, I will admit. But there are so many of these places now online, hiking groups. Maybe you don't like to be in a room with people, go hiking with people. Isn't your message, please do something. Please, look, I can sit here and talk like this, but I'm a super introvert. For me to get out, if I if that Alano Club was not across the street from me, and it was an LGBTQ AI 24-7 fellowship, if that was not across the street from me, I went there and I got plugged into dancing. I got plugged into 
coffee places. I got plugged into Seattle hiking, uh, hiking, kayaking. You got to be bold enough to step out, though, don't you? Yeah, and I'm glad you brought up the introversion. I'm introverted as well, um, and that that is definitely something that I struggle with. And what's beautiful about that is that my network of people know that about me, so they know, hey gotta talk to Tanya, gotta, hey, I haven't seen her, what's going on? You know, they know if they're not, if, if I'm not plugged in, then they know, they know what yeah. to do. Um, but they're not going to know that unless I'm telling them, unless I'm talking with them. That's right. Nobody believes me about that, but that's another show. Look, Wednesday, 5.30 p.m. Eastern meditation for a sobriety class, right? Are you doing that? Tell us what you're doing for that. Um, so that's a weekly uh, class that I do. Um, it's an hour. So it's just an hour of your time. Um, very nominal fee. Um, just sign up. Um, you'll get a Zoom link. Uh, we we meditate for a little bit. We do some breathing, a little progressive relaxation. I'm very, very big on uh, also anxiety. I have horrible anxiety problems. So I try to bring people very down, um, very relaxed. Uh, we talk a little bit about steps and chakras. And if that doesn't work for you, just ignore it. It's all good. <laughs> you know, just come be with us. I do a little guided meditation, which is people really, really love them. Um, and then we have a little, then we journal a little bit and then we, then we have a little discussion and we talk. So there, it's not like we're sitting in a, in silence for an hour, like, like, no, yeah. we're not doing that. Like we're, we're building this, this community of people who not only want to stay sober today, but maybe enjoy some meditation and a little bit of talk. And, you know, that's, and, and it, who doesn't love that? It's only an hour. Yeah. How do they do it though? Do they go to your website to sign up? What do they do? Yep. It's yep. It's on my website. Um, I have a, a class schedule uh, link. You'll see on the drop down. Just click there. You'll find it. And for those of you that didn't hear me say what the website was, it is the peace P E A C E we crave.com. Last question. What's your personal message? What do you want to leave us with today? So I, as always, I just want to let everybody know that if you're struggling and you're trying to find hope, or you're sick and tired, or feeling sick and tired. I'm just letting you know, again, there's hope, there's groups, there's people yeah. out here to help you. Just, you don't have to feel this way anymore. Reach out to Thank me. you. I can't thank you for what you're doing because you are a shining light in this community. You know, you didn't hesitate for one minute to be bold. You didn't hesitate for one minute to step out. You didn't second guess yourself about should I, shouldn't I. See, you are a protege of the Marty Man Club. Uh. Thank you. And I didn't even know that when I first started. I said, who's that? And I had to Google her and I found out. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Uh, look, I can't thank you enough. Again, the peace we crave everywhere, Facebook, Instagram. And I want to thank you for taking this on. Do consider doing a show with me on my show where we talk about what doesn't get talked about and let's laugh a lot. I love that. Yeah, probably get Susan on there with us. <laughs> Oh my gosh. Thank you so much. Those Thank of you, you out there, all you need is a desire. Reach out to Tanya for the rest. Reach out to her community. I'm telling you, the desire is enough. Thank you all. We'll see you next time. Thank you. You've been listening to The Peace We Crave, Find Your Freedom in Addiction Recovery with me, your host, Tanya D on TransformationTalkRadio.com. Tune in the first Monday of each month at 3 p.m. Pacific, 6 p.m. Eastern, as we take you on a spiritual life recovery coach journey and share unique holistic approaches. Let's stop struggling in recovery and restore hope. Join us for each show as we design a pathway to peace and serenity in addiction recovery. You don't have to struggle in recovery anymore. Let me help you find the peace we crave. For more information, visit thepeacewecrave.com.